0: yo 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 whether you're wearing pants or not welcome to no pants required i'm your host x3c and thanks for joining today's topic cryptos 101 but before we get into the episode let's jump into the quickie i recently read an article where some of the big tech companies are considering pay cuts for those who are remote work now i want to make it clear remote work is different from telework in some programs and some organizations. And so in this way, how it's being applied in this article, it suggests that some of these big tech companies are considering if one is working in, let's say, San Francisco and um, decides I want to remote work permanently from, I don't know, Hot Springs, Arkansas. Well, obviously the cost of living in those two locales are different. So, the companies are considering pay cuts for individuals who decide to remote work from a different location. Um, I'm kind of sort of mixed on this because I, I understand the practicality from an employee's perspective and, you know, deciding for many different factors why you want to move to a different location. And as a company, I also understand from the financial side of it you know the motivation behind reducing costs where applicable right so you're still getting the opportunity to work for that same company as well as work from a location of your choice as opposed to where the company is located i think that's somewhat a win win when i think about it for the perspective of the employer as well as the employee granted no one wants to take a pay cut right and that's something that you know individuals want to consider and and it also depends on what that what level of pay cut, you know, that that's involved here. Is it something that's based on locality, as I mentioned earlier, based off of, you know, cost of living for that particular location or is it some other type of metric that the company or companies are considering? I think those are all really important aspects of it, but you know, as we usher into the air quote new normal, you know, I think it's important for for everyone to consider You know, many different factors and, you know, deciding that I want to live in a different location, maybe you've always wanted to live in a different location and this is the catalyst you needed to get you there. Having a pay cut may not be ideal initially, but, you know, something to consider that I think it's important um, of the reasons why you are, or what was the the initial reasons why remote work was, you know, appealing to you. And if it was money related, then obviously, I hope that wasn't the main reason, um, because there's always a possibility for just what these companies are considering. All right, so that's the quickie for today. Short and sweet. What are your thoughts on remote work and, and having a potential pay cut as a result of that or telework? Where you are working from home within that same location uh, of your, your home base, your company. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Let me know. So jumping into today's episode, I get this question a lot. And it often relates to cryptocurrencies. And did you get Dogecoin? Or are you are you big or high on Shibu Inu? Or whatever new trending cryptocurrency that you know that's hot at the moment Uh, and I'm, i'm always like well it depends right and for me um the larger question is do you even understand what you're investing into or the technology behind it you know for me that's the important question um i need to understand the long term of where this crypto is headed or the potential possibility Man, right now we none of us really know where cryptocurrencies are headed. We all have our theories and and I have some strong ones as well, and I'll definitely share them with you guys today. But in the short term, you know, what do I consider um, for these cryptocurrencies? And there are so many out there, and what makes the ones that someone is hot on or that the mean stocks in these groups are really big on? You know, what what make that technology stand out from the others? So I want to explore that. I definitely want to explore today with you guys. The technology between the top cryptocurrencies and whether you should invest in cryptocurrencies and what's next for cryptos overall. And it's, of course, it's opinion based, right? So what is cryptocurrencies or cryptos? And so let's break that down. It's like any other currency that you can think of. However, it's just digital or virtual. Right, it's a virtual currency. In some cases, even um, technically, you can, you know, actually get a coin, uh, if you will, and actually have a printed coin. Um, but, but in theory, cryptocurrencies are digital, um, and what they do is it's very similar to a traditional dollar um, or a dollar bill if you're here in the United States. So, uh, do me a favor. Let's do this. Pull out. Don't be shy. <laughs> Pull out of your pocket or your wallet a dollar bill, or if you're in Canada, a Toonie, Mexico, peso, or wherever you are, whatever type of currency you have, that's 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 in your pocket right now. And what you will see is there's some type of serial number. There's a unique identifier on that particular bill. And that unique identifier is a descriptor that that uniquely describes that particular currency. It provides information about that particular currency just like a crypto would right so it's like where it was created um in a bunch of different other factors it's very similar to like a passport number your credit card number or your bank number all these different unique identifiers to help describe that particular currency um, so think about it this way you know um, each cryptocurrency you own has a unique serial number um and in each one of those and i explain a little bit more about you know, some of the technology behind it. But similar to that physical dollar that you're still holding in your hand, hopefully. Um, you know, it's the unique value there it's is is very similar. So I wanted to make sure that I expressed that, you know, just like traditional currencies, paper or in some cases plastic uh currencies, you know, we use cryptocurrencies have the same level of of protections, if you will, in it, in in terms of that unique serial number. Um, But I know you guys are like X3C, you know, I want to know, you know, which ones are going to the moon (laughs) and which ones should I buy? You know, I promise you guys, you know, I'll answer that not as a financial advisor, but I'll answer that (laughs) as it depends. Right. For me, I need to understand a little bit more. And so let's explore the technology between the top currencies. And so just looking at, you know, overall, when someone talks about, like, cryptocurrencies, and and again, there are many out there. However, the main one is Bitcoin. And for this example, you know, I want to take the digital, you know, the, the, so let's look at this as banks, if you will, right? So your traditional bank have, like, your, your account number. It has a routing number that's unique to that particular bank, banking institution, not that bank location. And you have your, uh, again, your account number that's unique to you, as well as if you have a credit card that's linked to that account. And all of these things are connected to like the central bank, right? So when you go in and make a transaction at a bank or you use your debit card, which is an extension of your bank account, and you make a transaction, be a debit or credit, those are identified within your banking system. And it's protected within that banking system, right? Each bank has its own Cybersecurity division or protections to help you know secure your information, your data, as well as all of this is connected to the central banks, and and that's important because when you make that transaction, it's all recorded. Everyone knows what's happening. Um, but as a physical dollar or currency in your hand, you know it could be used for many different sources, good and evil, and it could be lost, stolen, um, hidden somewhere, and you forgot. <laughs> uh, but it's all it's all it's also um, backed by uh, most governments throughout uh, the world. So that's the value of how the traditional banking is set up. When you think about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, you know, it's taking these digital ledgers, which is, again, similar to like a traditional bank would do, and it combines them all into one. And the value, the beauty of this decentralized approach is, um, in this example I'm giving, it takes many different copies of that ledger with Bitcoin, let's say like in present day, there's well over a million Bitcoin miners. So pretty much that's people who have a designated computer set up that mines Bitcoins. It's part of the network, right? It's part of the blockchain. And the, the incentive to do that is you are, you know, giving some percent or some level of of currency or reward in terms of bitcoin in as as a result of, of of being one of those miners but what i like about how this is um this this blockchain technology is set up it's it's really i mean it's obviously anything could be hacked but um the beauty of it i, I really like how it's it's structured and so um, let's give me another example here. So let's say you go into Starbucks and you purchase coffee. Your bank ledgers for your account is debited. And the amount of that um, coffee you purchase um, at Starbucks is credited, right? So you go in, you purchase something, debit it from your account. That amount, minus taxes, <laughs> is credited to that vendor, in this case, Starbucks. With Bitcoin, there are millions of copies, again, of the same ledger, all reflecting that purchase from Starbucks. So if one, which makes it very hard to steal, but let's say someone was trying to, you know, hack into it, um, it's very difficult. Um, it makes hard, uh, stealing very difficult because of the blockchain and because how it's decentralized it is. So if someone hacks one miner's computer you know someone is mining bitcoin and that particular computer is hacked and someone tried to take money or redirect the bitcoin or you know take a portion of it the problem they were running to is that in this example remember i mentioned earlier there was a million you have nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine, sorry nine hundred ninety nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine copies of that ledger that is reflecting otherwise very easy to spot the issue and so with it and how it works with this ledger is all 1 million of those computers will show the exact same transaction and the beauty of the blockchain is is in each one of these transactions is given a hash number a unique number and that particular Hash in that particular transaction in this example for Starbucks will have had to have some subsequent something that was prior to that transaction and that particular transaction with its unique hash number. And so for one to have, you know, to figure out a way to break into that, we have to break into more than half of these 1 million, so over 500,000 computers at the exact same time. How, how possible is that when you have, you know, each transaction would have to have a preceding transaction, right? And so all of these different technologies, I mean, I mean this blockchain is, I mean, just the, the sheer thought about it, how de- decentralized it is, you know, it's kind of sort of simple. It's really not. But like in theory, like how it's set up, I love like the simplicity of it and how one transaction is predicated on another and all computers connected are reflecting this same thing. And if one doesn't, it's very easy to spot the issue, right? Um, and there's some other issues with it. It's not all great. I mean, obviously, we've all read the news and seen different articles out there. But in technology and where it's headed, I really love it. And I like where how it's set up. And as each, you know, cryptocurrency comes out, you know, there's different algorithms out there that, you know, um, designed to make it better more and faster. And so, you know, I think all of those are you know steps in the right direction in which we as a consumer can benefit from it especially in the long term so you know it's very clear and organized and and and, and for many who knows how my brain works <laughs> that is exactly how it work, and i believe this is the future so you know let's look at another top um currency out there another one that's similar to bitcoin is ethereum which um It's promised to process transactions even faster than Bitcoin. And that's part of it's part of the value of Ethereum. Obviously, there's smart contract technology that's built in that has really set Ethereum apart from many others. Um, But remember, there are and it's probably more than this number now. But last time I looked or researched, it was over 4000 cryptocurrencies out there. Um many of them use some of the different technologies based off of Bitcoin, Ethereum. So I don't know if you if you guys have heard the term altcoin, which is an alternative coin. Pretty much anything that's not Bitcoin is an altcoin because usually it uses the Bitcoin um platform. And, and in some ways it promises to be better. And and obviously when someone comes out with anything, um, you know, that's that's that works and and people can see the, the sheer value of it, you know. But there may be ways to tweak it and make it better, and that's what some of these alt coins are out there doing, right? So there's a lot to learn, but you know, want to keep it very simple here in terms of cryptocurrencies as it relates to some of the top cryptocurrencies out there. And so, I want to explore whether you should invest in cryptocurrencies. Right? Um, do you have the fear of missing out? <laughs> You know you, hear you talk about your friends or you hear your friends talk about investing in cryptocurrencies and you're like what are you guys talking about i don't understand anything about that and hopefully this episode provides a little bit more insight information to help you understand the basics you know i'm not here to dive deep into the hard technologies behind each one just give you an overview of what cryptocurrencies are the ledger and blockchain technology that stands behind it and the different type of you know, possibilities, you know, I'm really big on what could be and exploring the possibilities of the future. And I, I think that's important when looking at cryptocurrencies or when looking at anything in general, it's exploring what could be, and if it could be, and you think there's a strong chance in case it can be, Hey, then I think this is something you should look more into. And so, um, don't want to get too caught up into that, but um, it's extremely easy today to invest. And so apps like Robinhood makes it very easy. And I want to use Robinhood as as a perfect example, because this app literally walks you through many different type of transactions. It makes some things that are usually very complicated, really easy, you know, and, and, and it can have some downside to that. Right. Because these are, you know, very complex topics that as an investor would, you know, it takes skills and people, you know, it takes a lot of education and knowledge and folks are just jumping in the gate and thinking, I want to be a day trader. And no, you don't, you don't know the first thing to it, but apps like Robinhood definitely makes it easy. And is that a bad thing or a good thing? I mean, you just have to decide that, but I think it's a good thing in terms of bringing more people to the table. Right. There are right now roughly twenty-two million Robinhood users. I mean, it's not a paid sponsorship by Robinhood, but I'm I'm if you have a platform that has twenty-two million users, you know, I start to think, wow, there's a lot of potential here. And so, in my opinion, you know, that's one of the biggest advantage of Robin Hood over many others, broker type apps is because how simple it is and how it walk you through. And it makes every, it makes investing easy. However, when there, as it relates to crypto portfolios, it's super limited. In fact, it's almost like non-existent. It usually just have the top five, um, which is actually shocking that I was able to buy Dogecoin with, <laughs> um, well, I guess at the time it was within the top five, but it is not one that, you know, has much value in my opinion. Um, it may, to me, it's almost a meme crypto. I think it's there are other cryptocurrencies out there that you know have real life implications and and, and can be used in real life applications. Um, and don't get me wrong, you know, I did recently see where Tesla is going to allow users, and if they said this in the past, and so it can change next week, but where users can use Dogecoin to Purchase merchandise, right? And I mean that is a value absolutely of a cryptocurrency. You want to be able to use real life scenarios and be able to purchase things in the real world, right? But um, there are other ones out there that can do much better job than Dogecoin, in my opinion. So I think about like Coinbase, which is a good option, um, but Coinbase Pro is even better. But they really have high transaction fees, and so I would say. Um, you know, doing my research, I looked into this one app called Voyager, and it's pretty intriguing. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I am pretty um, confident that Voyager may be my 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 crypto wallet, if you will. And I will cover wallets a little bit in, um, so shortly here. But the the possibility of purchasing cryptocurrency, you know, for me is very intriguing. I'll, I there's an the idea i have and i'm definitely going to cover this in the next episode so please keep tuned uh, stay tuned um subscribe if you haven't already done so the next episode um it's going to cover something a linkage between cryptocurrencies nfts and the metaverse i'm kind of sort of going to try to mash all these different ideas together in a futuristic perspective so i would say you know if you guys enjoy topics like the metaverse definitely stay tuned for next week's episode um but back to this topic so as it relates to like coinbase Robinhood, voyager there's different type of brokerage uh, apps that that you can purchase cryptocurrencies um some of them are it's pretty important to understand here some allow you to purchase from their portfolio what i mean by a brokerage so you can purchase cryptocurrencies from them at their cost, their price, or you can, there's an exchange. And so something like Coinbase Pro allows you to purchase cryptocurrencies from other users and usually that's at a much cheaper cost because you purchase any directly from a different user that's called exchange. Um, but um, I think it's important to to recognize that, you know, it's all new to us. These these apps and purchasing cryptocurrencies. When I mean by new to us, I mean it's new to like the masses, right? We have you have people who are early adopters who were definitely in the crypto games years ago and they were definitely purchasing cryptocurrencies um and using it for different fact reasons. And now, you know, it's growing globally and lots of people are into it. And so, you know, but ultimately, you know, I'm not a day trader. I'm not even a crypto night trader because <laughs> you can purchase cryptocurrencies, you know, at any time. Um, but I am definitely a, a long-term investor for fun. Uh, I want to make that out there. And this is not financial advice. <laughs> so, you know, please keep that in mind. For um, Bitcoin, um, I truly see that this is the most stable coin out there. Um, similar to like gold and almost like it's a you know, if you think about like gold physical gold, and how you know, it's kept in vaults in different countries are definitely protected, you know, I can see Bitcoin becoming that type of currency on a crypto side, you know, it's very stable. And I think it will be stable, you know, it and and it's just how we we implement, you know, uh, Bitcoin. In the future how we implement these cryptocurrencies because at one point i used to think cryptocurrencies is going to replace our current currencies and that's not the case at all i was completely wrong i really thought it was the case (laughs) but i see a bigger future actually for cryptocurrencies and again that's a teaser for next episode so um ethereum the technology there you know it's it's Like many other altcoins out there, uh, many altcoins are based off of their technology, smart contracts. And again, as I stated earlier, Ethereum processes transactions a lot faster than Bitcoin. However, Bitcoin is going through some maturation and they're making updates, you know, right now. Solana um, is considered, you know, one of the fastest on a blockchain and have some of the lowest fees. And that's also important. Um, You know, places like... um, you know we we talk and I'll talk about this a little bit later in terms of like sustainable energy and on the cost of 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 producing um and maintaining some of these uh cryptocurrency networks um which is considered to have like the best technology out there is you know so these are like some of the four that I'm really big on um I mentioned Shibu you knew earlier and Dogecoin you know those are some of the other ones to 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 pay attention to as well um but I think it's um know when it comes to the technology these are some of the ones I think that are better, if you will, than some of the others, right? And and, and when you have a crowded field, such as cryptocurrencies, as I mentioned earlier, well over 4,000, you know, that's a very crowded field in a air quote, new market, right? And so you will have some that will stand the test of time. And I definitely think these are the top four, in my opinion, that will stand the test of time. Um, and I'll cover a little bit more about that later. So, which should you invest in? First, let me say that again, I am not a financial advisor and this is not financial advice. <laughs> so you will have to come back next week, as I stated earlier, to take my, uh, get my take on the metaverse. I think it's very important to link these two things together, cryptocurrencies and the metaverse. Um, but no one knows you know which again of these top coins are the best. However, market cap is one of the best metrics i can say and i think that's in general to determine which coin to invest in so a market cap is is pretty simple here it's the price the current price of that coin and then the number of coins out there that's in circulation um i use a site called coin gecko it'll list um all of the currencies based on uh different uh filters you could put there but um market cap is definitely one of them but just be careful there you know it's not a the only metric to pitch into it's just one that I pitch into to you know it's something I really look into in terms of price and market cap and it's not always the cheapest you know the one that's three cents or less than two cents the ones you should invest in right Um, that's why I think the the metric market cap is important to to look into right and I think personally you know the top ten are the ones based on market cap. I think are the ones, you know, you really want to pitch, pay attention to. Um, you can even look at the top 100, but, you know, because right now we don't know which, again, which ones are going to stand out above the other. So I think it's important to, you know, to maybe hedge a few, several <laughs> of them. Um, and so, you know, more technology become clearer. And as we perfect, we meaning, you know, those who are Designing the, these cryptocurrencies, as it perfect them and, and make them better for real-world um, applicability. Um, I think that's very important. And I can also say, as I said it before, and I'll say it again: you know, I think the metaverse will play a major factor um, in which of these cryptocurrencies will stand the test of time in the future. Right. Which one of these coins would be traded or exchanged in a metaverse? I think that is more important than anything else currently. All right, so let's take a break. So what's next for cryptos, All right? I think there are two areas to really consider here um, most important. I mean, there are many different areas to to. To consider you know, I, I, again the technology is evolving and I think that's something we should pay attention to but what's next for cryptos in particular I think the wallets are important right security is always something that many and most of us should be concerned with right protecting our identity protecting our information um, protecting our assets I think all of those are critical and so I think wallets are extremely important and I will break this down shortly here and also think regulatory policies are also critically important right and because cryptocurrencies are decentralized it's not connected to a government to a country it's decentralized it's really for the people if you will I think there has to be some level of regulatory policies out there to help protect all of us equally right so that it doesn't become the have and have nots um i think that's a way that um we all should be looking at this so let me look at wallets here so there are as i mentioned earlier you have your brokerages out there you have your coinbase you have your voyager you have your Weeble, you have your cash app you have your robin hood you have many more right that allow you to purchase cryptocurrencies and those are put into what we call wallets and so. There are different type of wallets out there right so you have your your brokerage wallet which some would say is most unsecure because they can be hacked we've all seen it um where these different brokerages are hacked and we promise that not all of our information is taken you know but we can't be assured what information was and was not taken however it is backed and i think that's a very important to recognize what i mean by it's backed meaning your investment is backed by that particular by the government who are who oversees you know the central bank for your particular country where you live as well as you know it's backed in terms of your investments and they have different laws out there that protect that and and so you have your wallet that is what we consider your brokerage wallet or your exchange wallet if you will um and again, many would say that that's the least secure. But I mean, it, you have some protections because, again, these companies have their IT tech departments, which are you know designed to help protect your information as best it can. Right. And if, well, of course, you're going to have a hacker or someone out there who's want to exploit that for many different reasons. Um, so with that, there's things called a hardware wallet. So it's on a hardware wallet. It's pretty much like a it's a online, pretty much an online wallet that allows you to log into um, that particular environment, but you could take your, your currencies from those different brokerages and place it into a hardware wallet. So you have a little bit more protection there. And um, as it relates to protecting your assets, obviously, we have to, you have to take your, your currencies from such as a coinbase wallet and place it into a hardware wallet so that's that's a little bit different a lot more steps that's involved in there um and then there's another wallet out there called a cold wallet um I, this is the most secure wallet out there because it's offline it's not connected to anything you will have to literally physically connect that wallet This an actual physical device you have to connect to your computer and upload the information a login obviously first and then upload the inf- uh, your your assets to a exchange right and so um there's a lot more details behind that um a lot more information obviously to, do to connect in um to recover your information however <laughs> with a cold wallet you can literally lose everything if you do not remember your password or your recovery phase and this has happened to people who've had who's had millions of dollars and cryptocurrencies stored in a cold wallet offline and could not remember the recovery phase uh, um, recovery uh, phrase and so they lost it all and there's no guarantee there's no bank that's backing it right like like our traditional banks would do so that's the danger of of emerging technology and like i said earlier it's going to get better but we're in the beginning stages in my opinion. And I think um, there's a lot of room for growth and I believe ways to help figure out, you know, cold wallets and how to recover. I think those will be worked out. You know, I'm I'm not a fan of someone taking a sheet of paper, <laughs> writing down, you know, your your wallet access and store it in some type of safe deposit box somewhere. You know, you don't want to leave it in house. You know, floods can happen. Homes, fire, burglary. You know, you have a cleaning person comes in and clean up your home and run across these passwords. and say, Oh, I don't have access to all of your your personal information. Right. That's the same thing as someone being hacked. And I think it's important that we figure out ways we meaning those who are smarter than I am to help with um, recovering of these cold wallets, because it would be horrible to have built a great portfolio and don't have access to it anymore. And it's not protected in some way. However, I think that's where your regulatory policies could come into play, right? We want this this blockchain technology to be very decentralized as it is. It is great how it's designed, but there is some value, in my opinion, to regulatory policies that can help protect all the users, right? And so don't be afraid to have a little bit of policy added in here, right, people? You know, I know we want to be of the people, but... There are ways to to utilize, you know, some protections, if you will. Um, and so as it relates to regulatory policies, I mean, the SEC here in the United States um, have announced different type of studies that they're doing, and they've looked into different areas. Um, you know, I looked into this one policy within the state of Texas, and we we, for those who know, you know, state of texas doesn't have the greatest um energy infrastructure i'll call it that but the state of texas is considering they want miners to flock to their state and they're building um the air quote the infrastructure to make that possible as well as you know incentivizing those individuals who want to you know mine cryptocurrencies within the state of Texas. And I think that is, again, regulatory policies that can help make all of this better, right? It's a step in the right direction. So I do applaud you, the state of Texas, for doing that. Um, the House Financial Services Committee uh, here in the United States recently had a congressional hearing on cryptocurrencies, and they explore different topics out there. And some of those topics was uh, the committee explored the fees that Coinbase charges. And again, a way to to make this um, equitable for everyone, I think is very important. So exploring some of those fees. And again, as I stated earlier, Coinbase have pretty high fees. Well, Coinbase Pro um, have pretty high fees there. Um, The energy needs that that are needed for cryptocurrencies, um, this committee also looked into that. And the energy needs is roughly, it's, 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 it's a lot, right? Because we are, these computers are very high power computers and running all day long, all over the world. There's a lot of energy needs, right? So how can we make mining sustainable using renewable resources, I think is very critical. And the infrastructure bill that was recently passed here in the United States, I think it's, it's one that can help in that arena. Central banking, I think, is also something that, as I mentioned earlier, I understand that the, in theory, the culture behind cryptocurrencies are really like for the people, if you will, is decentralized. And I, I I totally understand it. But having some regulations, regulatory policies um, from a central banking perspective, not saying all of it, but some central ban- banking perspective policies out there, I think, should really be considered. Um, another thing that they looked at was like reduced um or not creating more regulatory policies in general, as I just mentioned. You know, I think it's important that we don't fall down the same rabbit hole of how we're currently designed. I think it's important that whenever something new is out there, we don't look at it from our current lenses. We have to look at it from a different perspective. You know, how can we do this moving forward? It's it's not how can I continue to do my work? It's how can we do this without me having to do anything? We're moving the human element altogether. We're moving the risk altogether. How can we perform this task half the time, a third of the time, a quarter of the time? You know, it, Different things. I think that's how we, we get better is how do we perform this task better, cheaper, faster? Um, I think that's something that should be also considered. And I, think, and I applaud this committee for you at least looking into that as well. Um, this definitely eliminates the need for bank accounts. You know, this could change banking in general. However, I have a whole nother theory on you know, banking in general. I think, you know, when you look at um fintechs, I think you know, traditional banking is is not attacked, you know, but they have pressure on them from multiple different sides. And I think as a company who you know, in the banking industry, hopefully they are paying attention to, you know, the way of fintech, the way of the future, in my opinion, as well as, you know, with these cryptocurrencies out there and a the way of you know eliminating traditional banking, this, you know, it's 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 something that they should be mindful of. Dangers, you know, can <laughs> overcome them pretty quickly. Um and so one thing I like about you know, cryptocurrencies in general. And as I mentioned earlier, with Robinhood having over 22 million um, users, you know, I think it's important to, to understand, this is a big one, that, you know, this increases financial inclusion. And that's why I'm really big on um, investing in general is because these apps help bring more people to the table, more people to the game, help get more people involved. It created more, wealthy individuals right also folks can lose money it's always not about gains here but it's definitely i think we're heading in the right direction and so i again applaud the the, this house financial services committee for even looking into some of these areas and lastly i would say you know something that um we all should be aware of is visa you know that's a big player visa is a big player in, out there in the game and I think they will succeed visa will find a way to streamline and mainstream cryptocurrency adoption um especially as it relates to nfts um, I think that is definitely something that visa um will get into I'm not sure if they would try to go down the wallet route but in th- in my thinking, I think that probably would be a really good idea for Visa to do so. Um, it's a company that people trust. And so I think if they put their stamp of approval on it, could really help promote and advocate for cryptocurrencies and, and how cryptocurrencies can be used. And and in doing my research, I did look into like a bunch of different areas, as well as like I think it's crypto.com. You yeah, some of these websites are pretty unique. You know, they offer credit cards and you know like a traditional credit card and you make purchases on them I and mean, some give you like cash back but in some of these crypto um, credit cards you actually get cryptocurrency rewards back in favor of like maybe three percent in, in cryptocurrencies or five percent you know different cards have different type of rewards so i think there's a lot out there and there's a lot um, that we should be mindful of. This is this is again emerging technology, in my opinion. And I think the future is ripe. Um, and I think again, if you guys stay tuned to next week's episode, following this episode of the metaverse, I think it's very critical on how I believe the the merging of these two worlds, right? The merging of these cryptocurrencies and how it can be used in the future. So. Pretty much, think I covered um, as a crypto one hundred and one at a high level here for you guys today. So, thanks for supporting the channel. Um, if you want to donate any pie beans or golden beans to uh, this podcast, um, visit or download the Pie Bean app and and purchase what was called golden beans and consider donating those um, golden beans to no pants required. Um, I thank you for your support and remember, positive energy leads to positive vibes. Don't forget to subscribe if this is your first time joining. No Pants Required can be found on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Peace.